Yes. I love that <laughs> I think after the music, it's going to flow perfectly. Oh, so we're all beautiful. good. Welcome to our podcast, Stress and Organization. I am Elisa. And I am Martina. Today, we're going to talk about culture because as you might know um martine is norwegian and i am french so no. really oh. <laughs> oui oui baguette <laughs> so <laughs> oh no please no no chocolatine um so yeah so today we're going to talk a bit about our cultures and um about national holidays because Yeah, we think it's interesting to talk about differences because it's actually very different cultures if we think about it. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of funny because uh, last week you might remember that we talked about hospitality and how that's different in each uh, or last time, not last week, but I don't know um, how that's different in every culture, you know, and we come from two very different cultures. Um, I come from the far north or not far north. It's the far south in the north. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> no, not the far north. Uh, but we do have very, um, I mean, the Scandinavians are a particular breed of people, I guess. Uh, and the French as well <laughs> is a particular breed of people. So yeah, we've had some cultural differences living together. We've now lived together for a year and a half. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And for example, one of the main things there, it's now 7.30 in the evening. And uh, yeah. uh, I had dinner about two hours ago, and Elisa is probably going to eat dinner in like two hours from now. So uh, more an hour at around 8.30 probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's like one of the bigger differences. Now, I am normally going to bed early, and I'm not saying that all Norwegians do that. So I'm not speaking for all Norwegians here. But for me... Um, Usually when I go to bed, that's when Elisa starts cooking. So that's <laughs> <laughs> yep, quite a big, big difference I would say between uh, yeah. France and Norway. Yeah, because in in France, we, for dinner we eat at the time of of the main information moment at TV. So like it is every day at eight. So usually yeah. people eat at that time. And I eat a little later because I was raised that way. Because, like I said in, in another podcast, my mom worked in, in concerts and, and all of that. So it's more in the, a night thing. So since she had to come back home a little bit later and we still wanted to have dinner together, I always had dinner more around nine. And so that's that's how I am more eating late. But in general, French people eat between like earliest 730 um so that's why it's really interesting that oh so not everybody eats at late as you do no no no. people eat usually around eight that's the the, the, the oh, usual okay. time but but then some people can eat early if they need to of course yeah. but usually people eat earlier if they have something planned later yeah okay that's yeah. usually how it is i would sense. say yeah i mean not everybody in norway eats dinner that early as well uh but there is definitely a cultural to say preference for eating early like four or five o'clock uh <laughs> sorry no you're laughing every time i say it yes because i will never get used to it like i am used to it and yeah. i accept it but i just every time because it's the time we have kind of a snack in france so yeah. that's why i just yeah yeah so um it's definitely not like that for everybody but i remember like growing up there was a huge thing about dinner where um like if we were not doing like 
how to say it, like not doing a good job or like, you know, and we would eat late, it would be like, ha ha ha, nice people or like fancy people eat dinner late. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> yes, you're fancy. So uh, I just remember that as a kid uh, with the dinner time. Um, but then lately, I don't know if you've seen it in, in the news, there's been a whole like thing about Sweden gate. N- not really. No. Okay, so there's this <laughs> whole theory about like, okay, my generation when we were younger, uh, apparently it was very normal in Sweden for um, like, let's say I was invited to your house um, after school to play. Yeah. And then we would like hang out and play whatever. But then you and your mom would eat dinner around like four or five o'clock. I know it's a crazy, <laughs> crazy thing to imagine. But <laughs> like you guys had dinner plan. And then uh, what would be normal in Sweden or like what happened a lot apparently is that um, I would then be asked to just stay in your room to play by myself while you were off having dinner. Okay. <laughs> this it's, idea, just I understand that it's 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 cultural differences, and I understand that with the culture that's what you you do it. But as a French, I can't even imagine doing something like I that. I know, and it sounds bizarre having to explain it. But yeah. when I'm explaining it, I'm like, I'm sure this happened when I was a kid as well. Because, like, I can remember, like, after school, I would go home, drop off my kid, my kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's news? <laughs> <laughs> drop off, like, my books and whatever, you know? <laughs> that makes and more sense. And then I would go off and I, we would hang out. And then, like, my mom, single mom, worked maybe a bit later than some of the other moms. And they would maybe have other kids who had, like an afternoon activity at six o'clock, for example. So they would have to eat dinner early and I was hanging out with them. But then from like the Scandinavian perspective, it would then be rude to feed another another family's kid yeah. when they have plans later to eat. Yeah. Like that's, I think, the main core of it, uh, which is just so funny. So how would that work when you were like, how would that work growing up in Paris would you run around in the streets to play? Would you be invited? To- <laughs> I imagine no. Uh- <laughs> um, not really. No. Um, okay. Well, usually when you were a kid, um, well, I don't know. When you're in Paris, it's kind of like its own thing. You don't run around in the street. That's a huge no. What? <laughs> I would never have <laughs> You don't want to get run over by your car. But um, there are some like little parks here and there within the city. So usually you were going to those parks with either if your mother or father had the time with your parents or if your parents didn't have the time because they work a lot, which is probably the case because you're in Paris. They would it would be more like um, a nanny or a babysitter okay. or something. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes babysitter was like babysitting not only one kid but different kid from different families. That's also a possibility. Um, and usually, if you were going, for example, to a friend's house, uh, let's if we take the example of the dinner thing, yeah. uh, you had two options. Either they were gonna have dinner, so it's like okay, time to go home, you know, yeah. kind of. So you don't wait around or there is the other option which is call the other parents right away and be like okay uh she's gonna stay for dinner is that okay for you and it's a yes or a no if it's a no because there is an event or whatever but if it's a yes of course so it's more also because we it eat dinner later that's also probably why we don't really i didn't really experience that that much yeah because if you stay to a friend's house that late 
when you're that young it's kind of like it doesn't happen that much i would say so there's also that but if you go to a friend's house at that time of the day between four and and six you will have food given to you oh yeah like if i was if it was early like if i would finish school at like three or one o'clock for example yeah we would have like an after school snack and yeah. I would of course get that or I would give that to the people I was playing with. Yeah. And I think it's because of the the time we eat dinner and all of yeah. that that it's really different because the time where you would have your after school snack at like one or two, we would have our afternoon snacks between four and <laughs> six. So that's that's yeah. also why probably for me it seems like, oh my God, what is that? Not feeding another kid. But at the same time, it's like it makes so much more sense when you know about the cultural time of eating, I feel like. Yeah. And also that goes back to lunch as well, because like in Norway, normal lunch is eleven thirty to twelve. Yeah, for us it's like twelve to one. Yeah. Yeah. So that also plays into it, I think, as well. Definitely. But that that's one of the many interesting things about being like all of different cultures and and with us living together, I think it shows well that different cultures can live together without any problem i would say because it's just funny the differences but actually make it easier for us yeah that is like <laughs> the biggest difference i think between us and also what is making it the easiest because it's just super convenient actually yeah because <laughs> we're never in the kitchen basically at the same time it does happen but very rarely yeah so yeah. we're never like bumping into each other because we want to cook stuff and the other one is there so it's impossible because we don't have a small kitchen but the way it is it is set up you can't really two people can't really cook together two different things also because i'm not a vegetarian so i i eat meat quite regularly or fish or or what or whatever which is not your case so we can't really do a lot of like same yeah Yeah. and the only thing that was like it was lunch time during covid but that as well like france has a culture of eating hot lunches while yeah. uh like most Scandinavian countries and the netherlands have more of a culture of eating um cold lunches so like just bread bread or toast whatever yeah that also worked pretty well yeah it's true that even in in a french canteen at lunch you will have like a full like starter meal dessert like yeah. a full thing and the, the meal is a hot meal either way because like I, I don't know but i think it's kind of famous that france has the thing with food so yeah. it's like every meal is kind of a moment of enjoyment should be even though the food in french canteen is not necessarily the best but it is supposed to be like nice you know a nice meal at lunch but also a nice meal at dinner I know society is is moving, so it's not necessarily the case anymore. You have a lot more of, yeah. of light lunch or light dinner, but it is still something that is part of the culture, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to look up, because also last week or last time we talked about hospitality and that we learned a lot of different things at school. And one of the things that we do learn about is different cultures. Uh, so I just thought I would going to use the Hofstede insight, which is like one of the the... I don't know, culture spectrums yeah. uh, that we learn. Is it the, the book one or is it just the website one? So it's the website one where we can compare. And basically what it does, it says it scores different countries on different scales. And I just thought it would be funny to compare uh, France and Norway in that way. So it looks at, uh, what is it? Six different uh, aspects. So first of all, it's power distance. Uh, where it's basically, okay, how hierarchical is the society? How big of a difference is there between, like, employee and manager? 
Then you have individualism, which is, um, I don't know, the only comparison I can make is like maybe Western countries versus Asian countries. Asian countries tend to be less individual because they there's more of the family unit uh, yeah. kind of a thing. It's more of a, I wouldn't say socialism because that's not really the same, but yeah. And then you have masculinity, which means, okay, to what degree is the culture more of a feminine culture, uh, which is taking care of their young, taking care of their elders, uh, talking about your feelings, or if it's more competitive-based. Yeah, and when we talk about feminine or masculine, we don't want to, like, it's not an etiquette, kind of. It's more like like a cliche version of what masculine and feminine would be. Yeah, it's more about the uh, typical... Yeah. traits that are yeah. associated with that and then you have uncertainty and avoidance so to what degree you are um being resilient uh, kind of and to what de- degree um you will have a savings account for in case something would happen you know those kinds of things then you have long-term orientation kind of the same thing but how far in advance would you plan and then the last one is indulgence which is like how um how much would you do things for pleasure or not where um like is it work 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 or like oh you can enjoy life a little bit yeah like the level of that yeah so norway and france is pretty similar on indulgence okay. uh they're also so they're both um i have to double check the scores but they're both around 50 which is like halfway because it's a score of zero to 100 and they're pretty similar on individualism. So uh, if we would look at uh, individualism, it's the degree of interdependence a society maintains among its members. So, uh, for example, both France and Norway score pretty highly. So it's, for example, not uncommon to send our elders off to elderly homes. <laughs> That's yeah. like the typical example, you know, Great but example. other cultures would, would not do that. Uh, the bigger differences are in power distance, okay. which um, France scores a 68, while Norway scores a 31. Okay. So it means that uh, the hierarchy is more important in France than it is in Norway. Yeah, I'm not really surprised about yeah. that. And there's a much, in Norway, there's a much smaller difference between like employee and manager. So there's much more of like an open door policy. Yeah. Uh, you have much more of a co- coaching leader, and um, yeah, yeah, it's more direct. Uh, but in in France, you're more than expected, according to this um, this culture map, that to follow more directions of the leader, and that's more. Of a, yeah, it, it, it is true. I haven't worked in a lot of, of a French company. I, I need to be honest on that. But the, the little experience that I have and the little knowledge that I have from other people working in, in French companies, it is true that there is that hierarchy that is in place. Yeah. And the manager and the employees are kind of two different people, yeah. I would say. But even though I would say with our current society, it is evolving a bit and it is decreasing. And I think... It's not only in France, I would say it's everywhere. Like having yeah. inequality between everyone is just appearing more and more, which I think is great. But it is still in place and yeah. it is still a the core part of the culture. privileges, right? If, uh, yeah. And you would call, like, okay, so in school, would you call your teacher like uh, Madam, Sir, Mr., Mrs.? Madam, yeah. 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 Like in Norway, if you would do that, like even. If I'm working at a five-star hotel in Norway, speaking in Norwegian, 
if I would call, if if I would say Miss, whatever, really, they would be like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, interesting. Well, when we're really little. It's it's first it's it's names. So we're, it's, yeah, it's normal. And then when you go from middle school, yeah, and high school, those two, then you need to say Madam or Mister. Yeah, because we had. I remember, like in middle school, we had one teacher that insisted that, like. In the morning, we either had to shake hands with him when we walked in, and then there was, which everybody thought was bizarre. It was yeah. just so strange. And then there was this lady who insisted everybody on standing up and being like, good morning, and then her name. Yeah. Not her last name, but her first name, yeah. which, again, it was just so formal, so weird. Okay. Well, um, for me, it doesn't sound that weird, to be honest. Well, the shaking hand is, but yeah. like saying good morning, whatever. Like every time you had the principal coming into the classroom, yeah. you had to stand up really yeah 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 it's in when i'm saying it now it just feels really military yeah but it, it was like like when you have something like really high and think even actually anyone coming into the class that was an adult that wasn't expected yeah. you had to stand up kind of a way of saying hello and being polite and kind of shut up kind of way um but yeah and then you actually knew the name of your teachers like if you actually looked into it and like were more friendly with them because you were actually more interested in the thing and I think it's also I don't know but there's also this French thing which is we have a difference between the you yeah the the, formal informal to vous and you need always almost to use the formal one with any new purple person that you meet Oh, really? Yeah. If it's, well, if it's a friend of a friend, of course not. But if it's, like, anything professional, you need to use, like, when I was working at the hotel, I had to use the formal you. Always. For guests, for people I was working with. And then with time, we can kind of evolve with the people we work with. But, yeah. So, it's really formal where you don't really know people. And it's tricky because at some point, I was like, what do I use? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, is it formal or informal right now? I do not know. (laughs) So sometimes it's just tricky to try to figure that out. Yeah. And it is still tricky. And it's going to be tricky forever because, well, friends, um, <laughs> it's a tricky place. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's friends. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know that we have, like, the, the formal way of saying you. Um, and, like, one of my favorite movies of all time is, like, a black and white movie from the 50s. And there they use it because it is the formal way of doing it. Uh, but I don't even know what year that stopped. I think it maybe mid nineties, mid nineteen nineties. They stopped with that completely. Okay. Yeah. So that's never been something. Uh, like there's been once. Uh, I worked as a, <laughs> a phone seller. Yeah. Like <laughs> selling things on the phone. Yeah. And there was once where I was calling a guy. Well, obviously people are rude to phone sellers in general, but there I called him like the informal you, which is normal. Yeah. And he was like, "Are we on first name basis? I don't think so." Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> which was just bizarre, and that's the only time I've ever been like told off for being yeah. impolite in that way. Yeah. Um. But also, I was a phone seller, so I do uh, kind of get that. It it answer. just reminds me of a story. My first day in middle school. Yeah. Like I was so used because when you're younger, you use the informal. Yeah. You. So you say to to your teachers, but then when you start middle school, it's not the case anymore. So I started, ex- like, I was asking for a question, and then in my question, I was like, imagine you need to do this or that. What would it imply? And for the you, 
I said two because it was for my example. You know, I was like, yeah. imagine you're this and that. And she was like, why are you using the informal? And I was like, it was just for the example. And she was like, yeah, but you're still kind of pointing at me in that sense. You need to use the formal one. I was like, oh. So it was kind of like a shock for me to go from like this elementary school, yeah. like chill you can use two and then go to the formal one with your teachers even for examples and stuff and just so weird i was i just loved when i arrived here and everything in the u.s when everything was a you and like and it was just They're easy so informal oh yes it was just you so you don't need to think about it when you meet a new person you know it's just yeah. you don't need to, it's like it takes energy to figure that out so this is just just something off my shoulders you know yeah Yeah. if we were to move on to the next category which is individualism i already mentioned that norway and france scored pretty similarly i think yeah france has 71 and norway has 69 Mm -hmm. so individualism uh means that parents make their children emotionally independent with regard to groups in which they belong. This means that one is only supposed to take care of oneself and one family. So not necessarily like, um, yeah, taking in other families or like living the family compound kind of a way. Uh, And apparently there's a kind of unique combination for France uh, which is quite interesting with regards to the power distance, because apparently there's not that many countries in Europe that has high individualism and high power dis- distance. Oh, okay. Which I don't understand how they could not be connected, but <laughs> that's again beyond my comprehension. Uh, but moving on to masculinity. Yeah, I'm interested in this one. Yeah? Yeah. So here, a high score would be make a highly masculine society so typically um like saudi arabia dubai like those are typically high masculinity countries where it's very competitive uh france scores 43 so it's more feminine than masculine yeah but it's still kind of average which in my i think for me it makes a lot of sense yeah and then you have like the the dutchies have this sayings like being normal is crazy enough (laughs) which they're like oh we strive to be normal well in norway and denmark and sweden for that matter we have this which means like there's this norms unwritten norms about how you're not supposed to stand out you're not supposed to think that you're better than anybody else you're not supposed to speak up whatever which is really reflected here or kind of reflected here because we have a score of eight (laughs) (gasps) super feminine yeah so if we would look at like norway first which i think would um maybe define it better uh a low score uh, on the dimension means that the dominant values in the society is caring for others and quality of life a feminine society is one where quality of life is the sign of success and standing out from the crowd is not admirable 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 yes the fundamental issue here is what motivates people wanting to be the best which is masculine and or liking what you do which is feminine and in norway we have like okay yes you will go to work whatever but it's so much more important to like uh go out hiking in the weekends and stuff like that yeah. So that's a, a, a big difference. Um, yeah, but I'm going to be honest. Like, I was surprised by the 8%, but I'm not that surprised in the end because Scandinavian country, 
from what we know about them, yeah, they sound like and that. It's socialism, basically. Yeah. So the most feminine society is Sweden, and then it's Norway. So um, it's interesting yeah. that you're saying with this socialism because it's just then you can just take the spectrum of masculine and feminine and just see what's kind of the political range of a country. You think? Yeah, you could drag it in there as well. I don't want to say that masculinity or femininity necessarily means socialism. Yeah, true. But there's more of an aspect yeah, there. Yeah, and masculinity yeah. is maybe not necessarily Republican. We don't really know. It could def- de- depend also on countries. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if we would look at masculinity, what it means for France. Um, oh, it has a... So France is somewhat a feminine culture. At face value, this might be indicated by its famous welfare system, the Sécurité Sociale. Yes, Sécurité Sociale. Sécurité Sociale. Yes, Sécurité Sociale. (laughs) The 35-hour working week, five weeks of holidays per year, and its focus on the quality of life. French culture, in terms of the model, has, however, another unique characteristic, where the upper class scores feminine, the working class score is masculine. So there is a separation there between the... Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I don't want to go too in-depth into the French politics because the thing no, no, no. the thing with France is that you can really jump into politics with everything. So I'm just going to try to keep it no. to keep it vague. But all I can say is that I, can, uh, uh, I, th- I think they're not completely wrong. I don't think it is true for everyone, for sure, no, because no, no. you can't generalize that much. But there is a sense of truth to that, I think. And also, it depends on where you live. I think it, if you live in a yeah. big city or if you live more in like uh, the middle of, of, of nowhere, kind of. Uh, not nowhere, because that sounds, that sounds de- degrading, I would say. In a, a more rustic yeah. area, I would say. Then, yes, it could, it could have an uh, yeah, I think this could have an impact as well. Yeah, and this these numbers are based on, um, I think, research that IBM did in the early 2000s. So, I mean, there are also 20 years old. So yeah. the thing with class has also definitely shifted. But it's the, interesting to see because it says here that the an example of that would be that top managers earn less than one would expect given the high power distance. So there's not actually that big of a distance economically but socially there is or like culturally there is so that's quite interesting that is a little true but i think this is also evolving and i think yeah. it depends on your nev- level of management if you're like a regular company yes the the and yeah. like your manager and then your employees i don't think the difference is going to be that big it, more if you like into a business thing but if you're more into like industrial if that makes it this is a word what like industry if you're oh. more into like industrial work yeah, yeah. like uh, production wise yes yeah. exactly mm-hmm. then you're gonna have a very very high difference of here so yeah. it's i think it also did that it is also <laughs> different depending on that um and coming back to what i'm i keep saying but i really think society is moving so so fast and so much that i think every country around the world is increasing toward femininity in my opinion like at least a little bit just because of how society yeah is, is moving socially angled yeah that and well i wouldn't say most countries of the world but at least europe <laughs> yeah okay let's say it like that but i feel like mentality if at least even in some countries that are not moving into yeah. being more social people living in those countries 
mentalities are moving more towards social, I think. That's true. I don't have any proof of that. But but maybe, yeah, our generation for sure. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Millennials and Gen Zs are definitely more leaning towards socialism. Yeah, so more the feminine side. There is a chance that the numbers are going to drop for another country in the 10, 20 years coming. Yeah, that's absolutely possible. So the next category is uncertainty avoidance, where uh, Norway scores a 50, so it's in the middle. And the definition of this category is the extent to which the members of a culture feel threatened by ambiguous or unknown situations and have created beliefs and institutions that try to avoid these. Can I, can I, can I bet for France? You want to bet for France what you have? Yeah? I think it's way higher. Like, I think they're afraid of taking risk or whatever. What do you think? If you would guess a number. I don't know. Uh, is it more, like, afraid to take risk higher or lower? Higher. I don't know. Seven, seven, 71. 86. Oh, gosh. I was mm. going to say 80, but then I was like, maybe not. Okay. And that's because the French don't like surprises. Yes. Structure and planning is required. Before <laughs> meetings and negotiations, they'd like to receive all the necessary information. And as a consequence, the French are good in developing complex technologies and systems in stable environments. That's great. Yes. doesn't seem like it, but I love the theory behind it. So, yeah, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if there's more to talk about with that, but no, no, we can move on to long term orientation where um, Norway scores a 35. So just under 50 and France scores a 63. Gosh, gosh. because the difference between the two countries is like it is a big difference. It is like there is a preference difference for sure. So if we would look at Norway first, who has a low long term orientation, and it means that it's more normative than pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the long term orientation dimension describes how every society has to maintain some links with its own past while dealing with the challenges of the present and the future, and. It means that uh, Norway is have a strong concern with establishing the absolute truth. So they need to know um, like what's going on. Like they need to have absolutes, okay. I think. They exhibit great respect for traditions, a relatively small propensity to save for the future, and a focus on achieving quick results. So... Norway typically is not that much of a saving country. It's very, like, about how it was. That's how it should be. Um, And quick results. I think this is, I mean, quick results, not necessarily for Norway, but I can definitely see that, um, like, the Scandinavian countries in general, maybe Norway in particular, are more, like, um, how to say it, emotionally attached to our traditions. Yeah. So, like... Sweden, for example, is much more international than Norway is. And I think it's because of this long-term orientation difference. Yeah, well, I was going to maybe highlight the 17th of May. Yeah, for the region In that tradition thing. With the food and the outfit and everything around it. Yeah, because 17th of May is is our national holiday and it's the Constitution Day. And that's exactly, yeah, we have like this traditional outfits, we always wear the traditional outfits. You always have to do the same thing like you did last year. And 
yeah, it's a very, very strongly embedded in our culture for the sure. Flower crowns. Yeah, the flower crowns is more of a me thing. That's okay. not that much of a, <laughs> okay. a Norway thing. Uh, but you know, you could you could look at that as a cultural difference, I guess. And what is because I I don't remember. But is there like a specific food? I think there is a specific food or food items on on that day that, right? Well. So, 17th of May, you start off with a champagne breakfast. That's very typical. Ah, uh, there was something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you go, because there's like a parade with children walking. That usually starts around like eight or nine in the morning. So, you have champagne breakfast very early. Love it. <laughs> and then the thing for like kids and to some extent adults is like, how much ice cream can I eat? Oh, yes, day? that was it. Yeah. 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 So, it's the ice cream thing. And then we make like the like a sponge cake and we decorate it with like um strawberries blueberries to make like a norwegian flag i know only three words in the regions yes and it's those words yes which are bringebach oh that's strawberry no that's yeah. uh, raspberry though yeah, yeah. blobach yeah and jurbach yeah so yes. we decorate with uh, blobach <laughs> the accent is Jurbach. not as good as <laughs> <laughs> definitely not great but it, it's something yeah so uh that's definitely something that's important but i think this is like if you would look at europe again not politically but i think i mean france is one of the like uh leading countries for change in europe together with germany like with yeah. EU and everything i'm not gonna say no to that no and that's i think also So France scores a 63, and if we would look at what that means for France... Well, if you talk about tradition, I would say that tradition are less intense than for Norway, for example, because if we take our national day, which is the 14th of July, yeah, like it's kind of like a military thing happening, like yeah. on Champs-Élysées, and okay, there's people watching the TV from 6 in the morning to like 12 o'clock, that's kind of how long it is or maybe a little less long i don't know well it's it's the morning thing and i personally don't look at it anymore something you do more as a kid there's still a lot of people that go to the event and still like yeah. to watch it on tv but i don't think it's something that is that big from how you explain to me your 17th of may you know like i don't feel like the 14th of july is as important for us for france the score of 63 means that it's pragmatic um and it believes that truth vary on situation context and time they show an ability to adapt tradition easily to changed conditions and they have a strong propensity to save and invest they're rather thrifty so uh like i don't know yeah yeah And they have perseverance in achieving goals. Can you stop talking about me? <laughs> You're French. I feel like you just described. No, I mean, that says something about the accuracy, though. You know? Um, I don't think it's, again, it's not the same for everyone. But right now, with everything you just said, I feel pretty touched. Like, I feel like it was just, it was me. I, f yeah. I felt like it was that. Well, that's good. But, that's uh, good um if we would then look at the last one which is indulgence where uh norway for one scores higher than france which is Woo. amazing um so for norway i norway scored 55 which again it's pretty like pretty in the middle um but okay what is it indulgence 
So the description is, one challenge that confronts humanity now and in the past is the degree to which small children are socialized. Without socialization, we do not become human. This dimension is defined as the extent to which people try to control their desires and impulses based on the way that they were raised. Relatively weak control is called indulgence, and relatively strong control is called restraints. Cultures can therefore be described as indulgent or restrained. So a high, relatively strong control. Your face doesn't seem to really be aligned with what it's saying. No, I'm very confused. Ah, uh, Norway has an in- intermediate, therefore inconclusive score of 55. France has 48. Okay. Um, so it says that French are less relaxed and enjoy life less often than it's commonly assumed. <laughs> Indeed, France scores not at all that high on the happiness it's oh, so, so sad. It's well. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> but I, I do sadly think it's true. Yeah. So it's the extent to which people try to control their desires and impulses. So I would say that if you have high, you don't control your desires and impulses. Like you go for party every day. Yeah. So the Dutch and the Italian. No, probably. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. No, but because if you look at French students, students love to party. Like, it's a thing. Then for the rest of the life, I would say that people really just, it's work before everything else, even though they always find a way to drink, drink an apéro uh, at the end of the day, like, with their friends. Work is still, like, a big you part of life. you wine even at lunch, right? Like, that's not uncommon if you go out for a lunch. Um, or I mean, I'm saying you, but you don't work, <laughs> and uh, I don't drink full time. But uh, <laughs> no, but I would say it also depends on when you work, where where you work as well. So it's like usually you can't drink during your your work day because it's not good. But if you're more into like business and high management, then you could have a drink. But if a regular regular people let's not talk about big managers and whatever but i think like people with like regular jobs a little bit in every possible industry industries you would have a drink after work with all your co-workers if you are a little friendly which should be the case and that's surely what should happen okay cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think so but I, I i'm not really into that work life yet so yeah from the little experience i have and the knowledge that i have from other people i would say it like that nice yeah okay well i'm sorry i just spurred this on you with the whole half stated thing but i thought it could be a interesting way yeah. of comparing and our that, cultures that's why i do think we should uh, put the link of the of the website yeah in the we're gonna do that so that you can go and see for yourself for your own country and if you want to travel somewhere it's also a good way or if you want to go work somewhere it's also a good way to to look into it because what we learn also in hospitality like we said in the in the previous podcast is that well depending on where you go to work it's going to be different like deadlines um being on time how do you talk to your boss and yeah, how much you be... socialize at the beginning of a meeting for example yeah and this could be so different depending on countries and that's yeah. why this test 
uh, thingy could could really yep. be helpful. So, <laughs> Elisa, what recommendations do you have for the people today? Uh, for the people today, well, um, I'm gonna be so original and I'm gonna talk about a new Marvel show <laughs> that just dropped. Well, just dropped that a few weeks now. Um, the new show is called is called Miss Marvel. And I really like the idea that it, it for the first time the superhero is Arabic, and I just love that Marvel is opening to to new. Did it actually drop already? Yeah. Oh, the first episode was Wednesday. Oh, I didn't even know that it had dropped already. Yes. I'm late so, to the party. You can go uh, have a look at it. It's really nice. It's a little more young, I would say, because she she's really young. Yeah. She's I don't know, and it's in high school or something. So it's different from all the, the, the Marvel that we just got with all those adult, <laughs> I would say. So yeah, I, re- I really like the, the, the beginning of it, at least, is really nice. We don't really know much of our power yet, but we'll see about that. And I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, as for music, uh, there's two albums, but those, I, I love them. I think between the like two other, two last podcasts, I think those two albums are part of my favorite ones, I would say. The the first one is Remy Wolf. She is a, a a singer, and I love what she's doing. She's I feel like it's pop probably again, but it's something new. So <laughs> I just like it. So go listen to her. I love it. And the other one, uh, you probably know about that. Uh, Post Malone just dropped his new album as well, and I'm gonna never heard of it. <laughs> I was afraid for a second. I was like, no, Martine. Um, I was going to tell you, but you probably know Sunflower, you know? I don't know any songs. I tell you every time. I don't know the names of things. That's true. But this one you should know because of Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse or something. This song was so famous. Okay. Na, 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 na. What did I sing? I shouldn't have sang. Can we cut that, please? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, um, well, Post Malone, new album is great. There's just one song that I don't really like, but I'm not going to say which one. But all the others I love, and it's... it's Why won't you say which one? Because I think it's mean for the artist, you know? He works a lot on every single thing, so I don't want to say... Which one you? Oh, you. Uh, which one you don't like? Yes. Oh, I thought you said I have a favorite one, but I don't want to say, and I was oh, like... Oh, no, 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 no. What? Opposite. There's okay. one that I don't really like, and I don't want to say which one. Let's uh, keep it positive. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say that's my album of the moment. I'm just listening to it on repeat. So cool. Yeah. Do you have anything? So uh, what I've been listening to lately is, um, you know, on uh, you can listen to podcasts on Spotify. Did you know? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> There's all these different kinds of podcasts. How surprising. And I've been listening to this white noise podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, I'm listening to rainstorms. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. You know you also have playlist of white noise. Yeah, but then it stops and it starts over again. And I don't like that. Ah, that's true. These are eight hours long podcasts. <laughs> with rainstorms. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. So that's that's what I do. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, it's good to have different vibes of the, 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 the offers that we give to our listeners. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, I'm also watching these YouTube people. 
Yeah, that that's thing. something to watch. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm watching YouTube people. Okay, great. No, Thank you. People are making their own homestead, like com- living a completely off grid in Canada. Oh, nice. And it's just really cool. Uh, their name is Tyler and Todd. So if you want to look at that, you can look that up. Uh, but they're like vlog type of people, and they're building. They're now like starting to build their own house. I like uh, that. Yeah. I think it's time for you to eat dinner, right? Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so, any time is good. Yeah, food is is I love I love it. Yes. <laughs> uh, bonsoir, bonsoir. Yes. How do you say in Norwegian? Uh, Kukval. Kukval. Well, on that note, have a great evening. <laughs>